Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't. The conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today we have a special guest, Dr. Serena Sterling. Serena holds a master's in international journalism, a a doctorate in clinical psychology, and is a certified life coach. As a journalist in Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, London, and New York City, Dr. Sterling wrote about health-related articles. Due to her own experience of overcoming chronic fatigue syndrome and finding ways to alleviate her own chronic pain from years of living with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, Dr. Sterling pursued a degree in clinical psychology and learned advanced stress reduction techniques to assist others in overcoming their own health challenges. She started her coaching practice in 2008 and has had offices in Philadelphia, San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle. She works with people from all over the world via remote sessions. Serena, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. We were talking before we came on the air and you were saying that you didn't always know that you would go into psychology. I didn't. My, my focus was on journalism and I wanted to be a journalist and an editor. Um, I didn't know exactly where, but I loved Portland at the time, but I also lived in London and New York and I eventually wanted to create my own magazine, but it was because of my experience of overcoming chronic fatigue in New York and learning these um, or being treated by someone who did these really fascinating mind body stress reduction techniques that that led me to then pursuing a degree in psychology just so that I could learn those techniques later. And that fascinates me. Um, I talk about it all the time. I'm very sensitive to medication. So tell us a little bit about that experience and what you've learned and how it helps. So, um, so at the time I had chronic fatigue, as I mentioned, and my medical doctor was like, there's no cure, just, you know, stay away from sugar and caffeine, learn to cope. And that was not acceptable to me. I wasn't going to just move back home with my parents after getting a master's in journalism. So I found, um, I'd been introduced to this one technique. Um, it's called neuroemotional technique. I'd been introduced by a chiropractor in Portland where I did my undergrad. And I had a very strong hunch that all the emotions that I was repressing from what I saw in 9-11 were filtering through my body and coming out as fatigue. And so I found someone who did neuroemotional technique or NET in New York City. And even on the first session, the first session I left her office and I walked home and I walked three miles, which in New York is not that difficult to do. Like you're always surrounded by things, but I hadn't been able to walk for three blocks without taking a two hour nap. So I kept seeing her and I, I did do other things too. Like I changed my diet. I added a lot of supplements and I got, and I was in my twenties, but I, I was able to bounce back in three weeks. And that was just amazing to me. So um, these techniques ask your body for answers rather than do it at, like a talk it out approach. And I find that with physical symptoms, that's really more helpful sometimes, especially when I come from a family where I didn't, I could never label my emotions. I couldn't identify like, oh, I'm sad. I'm angry. Like I didn't, I couldn't, I just was always cheating things. So these techniques help zoom in and figure out what you're actually feeling. And you, I mean, so many people have negative thoughts about doctors. They either write you a prescription or, you know, they say you have to deal with this 
forever. And, and so you had this hunch, um, what made you listen to it? Because most of us don't, most of us listen to the doctors. They know more than we do. Well, I would say that I, I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when I was nine. And I've always known how I developed it, which is that I never, I was like the star athlete in my class. I always got picked first for gym class and stuff like that. And I, in my family though, I felt like I was overlooked and that my brother, no matter what, even though he's older, was always going to be better than me. And so I knew that when I was sick at home that I got privileges. And so I decided I had this light bulb go off when I was in second grade. And then in third grade, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pretend to have pain. It doesn't exist, but I'm going to pretend until my parents have to give me attention. Like I wanted something physically visible so that they would have to like, be like, oh, she's really, she really does have pain. And I basically manifested pain in my body that that was diagnosed as arthritis. But because of that experience, you know, I got put on like various medications. And at first I was like, I don't want this to get better because then I'll lose, it, it sounds crazy, but then I'll lose my attention. Um, but after, let's see, so third grade by like eighth grade, I was just like, I'm done. I don't want to take any more medication. It's like you give false hope. It's not going to get better. And so I started doing holistic things like, um, chiropractic and massage and stretching and, you know, just trying to stay in good spirits. And so then years later, when I was in New York and this fatigue happened, I just had this strong hunch that like, okay, there is a lot. I tried to feel the night of nine 11. Um, but it's like, I was trying to force myself to feel things that when you're in shock, you just can't really feel. So I was like, all right, well tried <laughs> to work. So I'll just, just, you know, I was like at my dream job at spirituality and health magazine. And I didn't, I just had to keep going. So my hunch was though, after self-medicating and just being really, really tired that I would have to figure out something else because whatever I was doing wasn't getting results I wanted. And so it, it sounds like so many wonderful methods, but listen to your body. Where does it hurt? Like start with my head is, I have a headache and kind of go from there. You mean when I was in New York or yeah, when now? you started with the, the training that you learned, you, somebody can come in and work with you and you're going to start, you know, I have pain in my knee. Um, well, I went to a chiropractor who does the technique that I then learned. And so basically she would use muscle testing to find out whether I, you know, if I'm, if I'm tired, she would just tap into that and then find the emotion that was stuck in my body and then be like, okay, so when was there an earlier time where there is, you know, resentment, for example, um, in relationship to something you couldn't control and take me back to an earlier time when that, that pattern, it's kind of, you know, Freud says, or had this idea of like repetition compulsion. We keep dating the same people or going through the same kind of grief process or going through the same kind of like coping style that we learned when we we're younger, but it's no longer working, so it get, we get re-triggered though to readapt in the present from something we learned in the past. So that was like the process that I went through to get the fatigue out of my body. And is that what you do with clients now? Somebody might come in and they might not complain of being tired. They might have a physical complaint. Yes, definitely. 
And that's your book. That's my book. Yes. Tell it's pain, a love story. I love the title. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I titled it that because, um, I think that when it comes down to it, the common denominator in everything in, in anxiety, depression, grief, um, you know, relationships, physical pain, it all comes down to how we relate to each other and whether it's like a spouse or a colleague or a brother or a friend, it's, um, we develop pain we develop certain coping mechanisms. We develop all these symptoms in relationship to the people and as well as our, ourselves, we, that's how we get through life. And so to those who haven't read the book, because I know, um, tell our listeners a little bit more about what the content is. So I, I talk about my personal story and I very vulnerable in sharing how I developed arthritis and the different relationships I've had in my life, whether it's been with my family or significant others and how that has impacted me in terms of ways in which I've shut down or ways in which I have opened up. And as a result of that, it, it, um, my body is basically a vehicle for what I say and don't say. And so if I feel like I shut down with my family or, um, a partner who wasn't right for me, then my body feels it. And I also then interweave case client case stories of people I've worked with who also have had physical or emotional issues and how I've helped them connect the dots of what they've been repressing emotionally and then how that exhibits in their body or mind. So some of you who know me, I phrase it, I'll say what you resist persists. You know, if we don't deal with it, it comes up in some other way. It's the same concept. That's, that's what you're describing. Yes, absolutely. So is that the only work you do with clients? Do people come to you for other types of problems or do you mostly deal with unresolved issues? I would say that a lot of people find me for chronic pain issues for which there is an emotional component that hasn't been released or so you say what doesn't what you resist persists I would say like what you don't what you repress um, or what you express you don't you know you repress so a lot of people we have these events in our lives and they are overwhelming and for some people based on how they grew up or how they came into the world um, it's too much to feel it emotionally and so we just, and then also, you know, life, we just happen to be living in this life that's fast paced. And so we can't always deal with the emotion at hand. And we're like, oh, we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. And then that goes into the back burner, wherever the back burner is. And we just keep charging ahead. But if you don't deal with it, then it gets lodged in the body. And it seems like it could be your body betraying you, but it's really your body is trying to protect you from all the emotions that were too much to feel. So I do work with people with like chronic pain and medically unexplained symptoms. Um, like chronic, chronic fatigue would probably be one because they really just clump it as like, oh, we don't really know. Kind of like fibromyalgia or things like that. Um, but I also work with people who have just, you know, relationship issues or depression or anxiety, but, but mainly it's chronic pain and physical symptoms. Are there people who will say, um, I had no idea that this 
was because, you know, I had no idea my back pain was because I hadn't dealt with this from when I was 10 years old. Oh yeah. They're like, people are astounded at some of the stuff that they were like, I didn't think that was that important. Like, I really thought I dealt with that. Um, but it's this thing that like, it's not, it is specifically like that event, but it's more so that it's now become a coping pattern. Like, okay. So whatever you did with that thing is now becoming a way that you deal with other things that are similar. So that's why it's getting stuck in your body because that pattern is no longer serving you. And so many people, I obviously deal with a lot of grief. So many people um, will go, go, go and keep busy to avoid the deep pain that comes along with grief. And I, with my clients, will often try to create the pause and create the space to feel, um, not because I want them to be in pain, but because I know that if they don't, that will become an unhealthy method of coping throughout life. And I also believe that the pain that they don't deal with will resurface, you know, when someone else passes away, when they experience another loss, and then it's like a double grief, like you're, you're experiencing a double loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I feel like um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> what pointers would you give to people who millions of people are walking around with chronic conditions that are suffering or taking medication and have no idea that there are holistic, what you, three weeks, you said you saw her for three weeks mm-hmm. and this doctor had told you there was no cure. No, you know, nothing you could do other than eliminate sugar. <laughs> um, the medical doctor who basically just saw me twice was, yeah, he told me, Stay away from sugar and caffeine, the two things that were like keeping me floating and um, above water and just learn to cope with it. There's no cure. And then, so I found a doctor that could help me. And um, she was like, yeah, this is the fatigue is just a part of the pie. You know, like you already have arthritis and so it's connected. And I was like, what? Like, I just couldn't, couldn't like have, but I went and I, you know, after a few weeks, I trusted her. Um, because she got such amazing results. And I kept seeing her because I was like, wow, for three weeks, this is how I feel. How much if I see her for longer, how else could I feel? But that's why I'm, people don't know that these people are out there. Uh, So how do we look, find you, find her and and let people who are suffering and and thinking that there is no cure, know where to look and and what else to do because three weeks, (laughs) three weeks is all it took you. Yeah, and some, I've seen people that I work with get better in one session after like struggling for, there was a guy that I worked with recently, he had some sort of, oh, acid reflux. And, um, you know, he'd gone, a lot of people go through the doctors like multiple doctors, they've seen like a dozen doctors before they see me. And I've struggled to figure out like, okay, so which doctors should I go talk to so that they know that I'm available and can be a referral source. But a lot of doctors, I just think are kind of like, well, if I can't figure it out, then there's something wrong with a patient and it's not up to me to find it. Um, So I think that that's a hard question because I don't, I don't know how people, I mean, besides Googling, you know, um, there are various things you can Google TMS, tension myositis syndrome, 
that's John Sarno was a medical doctor in New York, and he really got this out there that a lot of what ails us is connected to unexpressed emotions. Um, there are other people in the field now, and there is other words you can use like psychosomatic or psychophysiologic or um, stress illness. Um, so there are keywords you can use, and then you can put that with your um, wherever you live. Although I work with people all over the world, so. Um, so it's hard to say because it's like, yeah, I do want to get the message out that I'm available and you don't have to take no for an answer and help is available. You, you know, you don't have to just decide to listen to the doctor who can't give you any answers, but I don't know exactly how besides that for people to find the right people. How do we find you? You can go to my website, drserenastrilling.com. Um, I'm on social media also with the same name. Um, yeah. Or my, buy my book on Amazon. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. So you can look for it there, everyone who's listening. But I, I mean, I think that is part of the problem. Doctors aren't going to give alternative to doctor referrals. Uh, so keywords would be. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like I'm considering doing a lot of networking with medical doctors, but they still don't, you know, I remember talking to a rheumatologist and he just kind of like batted me away with his hand. Like, oh yeah, we've known that stress affects health for many years. Okay, great. But all you're doing is like giving people medication and cortisol shots and telling them that they have to get surgery. And that's not helpful. Like maybe someone with arthritis will continue doing those things, but they also need to have an outlet that they can also talk about their emotions involved in having a chronic condition. And again, it's just not taking no for an answer and continuing to look and like I always say, find that person who will be your advocate and do it for you um, if you're not getting anywhere. And that's where I'm a little pit bull and <laughs> I just keep going because it frustrates me that people go through this. And and why wouldn't we, you know, we, li we listen to the people who we think are the experts. So this right. is a really important story that I want people to hear and hear loudly. Uh, that this really works. It worked for you. And it was so powerful. You went to school to learn it yourself. I did. And I, it was something that wasn't taught in my school, but I had to have a higher degree in one of the healing arts. And I chose psychology so that I could just so I could learn this one technique. Yeah, this wasn't like a, a mail-in certification. You got <laughs> in psychology. This is a right. reputable technique. So um, I'm, I'm equally passionate about it now. And I always say that things surface in other ways. I haven't thought about it so much physically. I always thought about relationships or anger or, you know, all of those ways, but physically is truly painful and people are walking around hurting. So, um, we'll put your, what Dr. Serena Sterling.com. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put links everywhere. Um, any final thoughts you would want to leave the audience with? Well, I know that your focus is grief. And I know that um, all that we've been talking about, you know, like all the emotions we feel, I, I feel like grief is something that is just an overwhelming emotion. It often happens out of the blue. We're not prepared for it. We're not really, a lot of times we're not modeled how to grieve appropriately. And that often ends up in the body as well. And I got my second uh 
bout of chronic fatigue after my dad passed away because I thought that I was coping adequately, but I wasn't. And my body told me that by giving me a bunch of grief and or not grief of, of fatigue that I had to then really work through those emotions. Um, even though I specialize in this, you know, it just, it still went right past me. So that can definitely, as you know, like it just, it can sit in your body and come out, whether it's fatigue or back pain or, um, in depression, like it just, it's not just an emotional feeling it's actually can be in your body. Yeah. And, and I love that people think that because we're trained in this, we should know <laughs> how to deal with it because everybody thought, you know, you've been trained in trauma for years, so you should know how to bounce back from losing Jim. <laughs> and that was my issue and kind of why this all came about. So, um, that's, that's why I do want people to pause and make the space and why I'm trying to have the world teach people that it is important to stop and we don't have to go fast paced and bounce back. So thank you for that. Um, anything about your programs or final thoughts about you? Um, I am, I'm working to put together a program that's more of a, a group program, which I think will be really helpful so that you know, when you're in a group, just like what I'm doing in my, what I did in my book was like, I think it's really helpful when you can read about other people who've gone through something similar, even someone like myself, like you're saying, like I have degrees and I have all this experience and yet like I still come up, I bump up against my own issues. And I just want to be really real about that rather than like, oh, I'm, I have a psychology degree and I know all this stuff. Like, that's just not helpful to me. So I'm working on a, a group program. It should be ready in a few months, but um, I also have one-to-one programs available to pe- for people. Um, and I just want to thank you for, you know, for all the work that you're doing. This is so needed in the world of just like learning how to just be with each other and just hold that space for people who are going through a hard time. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm so glad we've connected again through Haley, who's been on the show and we all meet for a reason and share each other's work to do greater good. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you everyone for listening again to connect with Serena. It's drserenasterling.com. And I hope everyone remembers Whatever you do, always be ruthless, and we will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the ruthless movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.